Blog Talk Radio. God is good. Up down. Everybody say. I want to tell you that God been good. Everybody say all of my life. Come on, giant say. All of my life.
give Pastor Herman a great, great big God bless you. Bishop Beth. Give Bishop Brady a great big God bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the prophet Brian Kahn this morning, and I like them old songs, I remember uh, a lot of them, and uh, I just like to go down memory lane with him sometimes. Today, we are at 57 degrees right now. Now, we woke up, it was a bit cooler than 57, but uh, it's 57 right now for us. And uh, that's cool, very cool for me. I like warm weather. But nonetheless, God is faithful, and he blessed us, and uh, we have heat. So if we cold, we cool, we can turn some heat on. And I thank the Lord for that. Thank him for the roof over our heads, use activity of limbs. Uh, thank him for cool air, cold air in the summer, and heat in the winter. Thank him for the seasons keep changing because it, it pushes out some stuff that humans need to go so that we can continue to live, breathe, and this kind of thing. I believe the hurricane come in certain areas. It come to wash. It come to blow out what shouldn't be in there. Yeah, I know the devil is the prince of the air, but I know the one who have all power. Hallelujah. Who's on our side today, and he supply need. And if we need these type things, God would even do those things for us because he's not a lying God. And he said he supply, hallelujah, the need according to his riches in glory by his son, Christ Jesus. This morning, we're going in with Pastor Terry K. Anderson. And uh, his message today is the choice is yours. The choice is yours. So we're going to take a listen to him. And, you know, I just thank God for his grace and his mercies and instructions. I thank God for obedience. I thank God for having an ear to hear when the spirit speaks to us. I want to read this a little bit. Well, first, let me pray. And after prayer, I want to read this a little bit out of Proverbs. Yeah. Proverbs is a very good book. Solomon was a very wise man. And he gave wise instructions, wise counsel. And uh, many days I look at what he said, and it helps me along the way. If I follow the instructions that uh, is written in the book of Proverbs, hallelujah. So let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning thanking you for another day. We thank you for our life, our health, our strength. Thank you for all you've done for us already. Father, you woke us up clothed in our right minds. We have use and activity of our limbs, our life, our health, and our strength. We thank you for food on the table, a roof over our head. Many of us have cars and trucks, transportation, oh God. Many of us are not rich, but yet we have a few dollars in our checking account and our bank account. Lord, we thank you this morning. May have a few dollars in our pockets. And we're grateful unto you, all we thank you this morning. Father, we thank you for being on our side today in spite of us. We thank you, Lord, for looking beyond our fault, yet meeting our needs. Because all we truly deserve is death. Father, even our righteousness is as filthy rags. We're not deserving, but your grace and your mercy, most of all, your love for us. 
is bringing us through. It take us through. It carry us through. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning. We thank you for another day, another Thursday morning. Father, some didn't make it this Thursday, but you blessed us. And because you blessed us to be in our right minds, we want to lift you up this morning. We want to continue all day to tell you thank you. All day we want to look at you. All day we want to remember you. We want to remember your word. Because you've been so good to us. We could be dead and gone. You could have cut us off, Lord, even a long time ago. But you thought it not robbery to keep us here. So, Lord, we want to glorify you this day. Oh, this is the day that you made. Help us, Father, to rejoice and be glad in this day. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I come this morning bringing every caller and every listener, those coming through the archives and the podcast as well. Father, bless today as only you can do. You know what we all need. You know what we all want. Father, you know the very desire of our hearts. And we come this morning, bow down, asking that, Lord, you would do it for us today. Bless the need. Bless the wants. Bless the desires of our heart. Bring them forth, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, help us not to forget to tell you thank you. Help us not to forget to praise you and worship you for what you've done. For you alone, alone, just you, Father, are worthy. But we thank you for your son, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for all he has done for us, his suffering, hanging, bleeding, died, conquering all and rising with all power. We thank you for forgiveness this morning. We thank you for your word this morning. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. We thank you this morning for all of the spiritual things you've given to us. We thank you for your spirit that lives in our hearts. Hallelujah. We're grateful unto you. Father, we appreciate you this morning, and we love you. It was you who first loved us. Without you, Father, we wouldn't know what love is, and we're so thank you, so thankful. We thank you that you redeemed us back to you. And, Lord, we know you're able hearts desire in the name of Jesus. Father, we come this morning bringing those that are sick, ask that you would heal this morning. Ask that you would bless Pastor David and heal, heal his family, oh God. Bless James Reed today. Lord, and as you heal in these, your people, we ask that you would bring comfort to them. No pain, no stress, oh God.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you hear me, Sister Dodd? Can you hear me, Brother Louis? Uh, I don't know what that was all about. I mean, everything froze. The screen went black. Oh, it was just weird. Flick. Oh, I don't know what that was. But I thank God he brought us back. And, um, okay, thank you, Sister Dodd. He blessed us that we could hear. We could hear. I already prayed. I was praying and didn't know it wasn't any sound. And then I really said, no sound. <laughs> I can't hear. So that let me know we, we didn't have a sound. And when I touched the mouth, it just froze everything. Yeah. But we thank God this morning that we are able to um, continue. We, we are able to continue. And I know sometimes it's, it's arrows and this, that, and the other, but God is faithful. And look, I wanted to read this little bit to you this morning. I was talking about Solomon and his wisdom, the son of David. And... Uh, when I tell you he was a wise man and he gave wise counsel and people used to go to him uh, because of his wisdom. And so we thank God today. I thank God for being a considered a woman of wisdom. Yeah, I'm considered a woman of wisdom. Now, in my book, I, I, to me, I'm not all that wise because I know it's never me. It's always him. Any wisdom that I was able to give out and people were blessed by that. That is truly almighty God that have all power. I won't take his credit. I won't take his glory. Hallelujah. I refuse to take the praise of almighty God who have all power. Yeah. And so we thank him this morning. So I wanted to read this a little bit to you. And uh, it says in Proverbs, y'all excuse me one second. Yeah. Proverbs in chapter 1, starting at verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to receive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give substantially to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall obtain unto wise counsel. Yeah, because of this, if we'll be in a position to learn, and especially spiritual things, you know, things that we know that are pleasing and acceptable unto God, because God just don't accept any old thing now, because this is the way man thinking, and this is the way that man wanted to be, it must be approved by God. Yeah, I don't want to follow the counsel of man. I want to follow the counsel of Almighty God who have all the power. Hallelujah. Because he will never steer us in the wrong direction. We're always going in the right direction. We're always going in a direction so that we, as his people, we can be blessed. Because that's what he wants for each of us. He wants us to be blessed. Yeah. He wants his favor to be upon us. But many times he can't do it for us because of our thinking, because of where our hearts and minds are. Yeah. But he loves us today. 
And God really want to bless us beyond our wildest imagination. And for those of us that's holding his hand and won't let go, those of us that are remembering him, you know, we're keeping our mind on him and he's keeping us in perfect peace. God is moving in a mighty way. And when I tell you he is blessing his people, this is what he's doing. Now, check this out. I prayed a while back for some things. One of them was to become debt free. And not too long ago, I said, Lord, I want to pay my truck off. I'm just <laughs> kind of over this, this payment thing. The next thing I know, God had moved for me. I'm talking about in a mighty way. Yeah. That the truck is paid off. It won't be paid off. It has already been paid off. I had uh, a few credit cards. I wanted those paid off. So I'm working. I'm working to get things paid off. Yeah, I don't want to be in debt no more. I, every month, I don't want to be paying people. Yeah. If I purchase something, I want to use cash. Now, I, I thought about this because uh, when I went to credit classes, it always told me, well, if you have credit cards and you pay them off, don't throw them away, don't delete them, uh, spend $10 a month on them, and um, that way you can still have, you know, keep uh, a credit. So I said, okay, 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 I'll do that. And so I plan to do that, but I want the bills paid off and don't use them to get back into debt. Yeah, because it freed me up. At this point, I need to be freed up so that I can be a blessing to the people God sent my way. Yeah, and I, I, I don't have to struggle to do it. And uh, because he provides for me, and I, I'm good to go for me, but there are those that come that I really need to help. So that's what I want to work on. Yeah, I want to work on helping people in need because in this hour, there's a lot going on. People don't have what they used to have uh, after Corona come. It got us. Yeah, I've got some information this morning uh, about the Corona, about the virus in the in the COVID, well, the COVID-19 and the vaccine. I got that this morning. And uh I, I briefly looked at it. I haven't looked at it enough to really talk on it, but I will hopefully uh, one day next week, Monday, hopefully, I'll be able to look at this and go back over everything and uh, be able, we can talk about that because it's telling us that they they want to charge Dr. Fauci and a bunch of more people for uh, the vaccine you know, and what was in it, and they rushed it, and this and that. Now people have blood clots and all kind of stuff. But see, too, I saw this. People were saying, hurry up and make a vaccine. Hurry up, hurry up, because they no longer wanted to sit home. They no longer wanted to stay safe. They wanted things to go back to the way that it has always been. No mask, no gloves. They wanted all of this as quick as possible. So as soon as they heard a little bit of news that they that the scientists could make a vaccine, oh, they went crazy. 
Next thing you know, so quick they brought it out and everybody was taking it. And if you didn't take it, oh, they criticize you, call you, oh, boy, I could care less what people said about me. I don't have blood clots from no vaccine. Uh, my heart is not acting up from a vaccine and nothing else in my body. Yeah, because I didn't take it. I trust the Lord with all my heart. But people were stiff, but they got scared right quick. Oh, they got so scared. And as soon as they say, well, take this virus, it's they ran to it. They ran to it. And so I'm not sure if later on there will be some great medical consequences uh, for these people. But Brother Lewis was talking to me and he said, well, I hope they can, there's a natural medication that they can take, you know, that will burst the thing. But see, I don't know because I, we don't know what was in it yet. We got to see. He's still working on some things. So I thank God this morning. He's for us. And if he be for us, he's more than the whole world against us. And we thank God. I thank God for saving me. Listen here. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. That's what I thank him for. Oh, wait. When I tell you it will lead you, it will guide you, it will tell you what to do that's safe and what not to do that's not safe. Yeah, so I thank God this morning. Hallelujah. People can say what they want. I'm going to hold on to him until the very end. You hear me? Because he's the often finisher of my faith. He has what I need. It's no time for me to worry about my flesh and what I'm feeling. No, i got to walk in the spirit that I can stay alive. Yeah, because you got people walking around and walking dead. And the least little thing, they flesh wrap up, they fall right into it. They don't resist it. They just go right. It's what they've been doing for years. And they continue to do it. But when will we let go of this flesh so that God can be God? Mm-hmm. And you know what I thought about that this morning when I was reading it? If people compile so quickly to that vaccine, they were, and, and, and they could come out of quarantine, imagine how quickly they would comply with the mark of the beast. Yeah, because see, what happened is they, they, they flesh can't take nothing. The flesh can't come under subjection for nothing. You know he said no fornication. You didn't divorce your husband yet. You didn't divorce your wife yet. Yet here you go with a woman. Yet here you go with another man. What is wrong? We got to work on that flesh, bringing that flesh under subjection so that it can obey God. We got to bring that flesh into fasting. I noticed this when... um. I had I had to buckle down and just lose weight. I had to buckle down and just know you got to do it this way in order for the weight to come off you. You can't play. You can't say you're going to do it and then wake up in the morning and, and you having a big plate of whatever, greasy stuff, no vegetables. Now you got to let it all go. And I'm learning to drink more than eat. And it, it, it looked like everything is not good for you, even vegetables. Butter and cheese, and we can't eat that. 
All of this stuff causes cancer in our bodies, whether we believe it or not. Milk, ice cream, and I love it. I love it. Fried chicken, macaroni and cheese. I love it. Collard greens, all oh, with lots of smoked meat. I love it. But I'm I'm doing it in a different way because we got to have some food. But I'm drinking more than I'm eating. And I decided to roast my stuff because at a high temperature, it still got the vitamins and nutrients and everything in it. But what it shouldn't have is killing it. They told me don't do eggplant. It, 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 it keep your body with inflammation. I love an eggplant. Don't do tomatoes. It and, and the list is just endless. But at a high temperature, they told me, if you roast it, it's better. Do you know even olive oil is not good for us? We got off the straight and narrow path of what God said to eat, and we created our own food. We preserve them. Yeah, so they'll last a lot. Put preservatives and additives so it'll last a lot. No, 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 no. It's supposed to come fresh out the ground. And see, people didn't want to didn't want to work like that. Oh, that's too hard. But it keeps the weight off you and you had fresh food. What they call an organic. Because the other mess is, is, is something else. Rice, this little grains of plastic. You cook it, it gets soft. <laughs> cabbage. It looked like cabbage, but it's not cabbage. Yeah. All kind of stuff going on. So what we want to do is seek God with our whole heart so we, we'll be spared. So that we would be cancer-free, inflammation-free, arthritis-free, diabetes-free, heart-free, whatever comes, we free. Kidneys working properly. All of this can redo. It, it can be reversed. Yeah. Uh, Brother Lewis said wheatgrass juice is a good detoxifier. Yeah, I got to be careful now what I'm putting in here. Water, 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 and I want spring water. Yeah, I found the water in uh, Alabama. I think it was called Glacier or something. But that water tastes so good. Because I, I drank uh, Zephyr's Hill. But it's got a better taste to me than Zephyr's Hill. Yeah. But we thank God this morning. And we thank him that he put us back on track here. And I had a, another request I was planning to get out this morning because... It needed to get out. I prayed for Pastor David. I had some requests from Twitter this morning, and I had uh, James Reed, a request for him. So I prayed for him this morning, and I, I know the intercessors touched and agreed with me. And then I put some prayers over in uh, Jesus in the morning and the prayer club. So, and I should have gone over to the prayer request club, but it's so many different things I, I have to do, and while I'm doing the show, I know I'm talking to people, I'm texting people, I'm messaging with people, but when I tell you, it is a lot going on while I'm doing the show, and then I got to remember the request and this, that, and the other, 
And I know people don't, you know, they don't understand. They just, they, they think, well, she got time. She's doing it. No, I have to just squeeze it in there and just do what I can. But God is faithful and we thank him for it. So listen, I want to go to this one. And when we come back, we're coming back with Pastor Terry K. Anderson and uh, his message, the choice is yours. Let's go to this one. Hold on one more. Sion, did she leave today? I want to dedicate this one to you today, Sion. Yeah, I need you to, to, to hear this one right here. I wish somebody would make some noise in here like they came to celebrate Jesus. I say this, what can I say, my God? About your mercy, what can I say? About your grace, hope that I know that you've been faithful, hope that I know is I love to call your name. Now if I say you're good, you've been Better than that. If I say you're great, you've been greater than that. If I say you're sweet, you've been sweeter than that. You've been more and more in my life. Talking about you, my Lord. If I say you're rich, you've been greater than that. If I say you're strong, you've been stronger than that. If I say you're holy, you you can Holy girl, more than that. You can more than 
heaven knows you can Somebody shout hallelujah right now. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor in this place. Everybody, everybody, somebody, scream. I know you've been good, but you've been bad. Listen this morning 
to Pastor Terry K. Anderson, and his message today is, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Hallelujah. Let's take a listen. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Times of transition often serve as mileposts in our personal histories, in our personal stories. And we tend often to to look back on those mileposts and measure our lives by their significance. We remember when we graduated from high school. That was a mile post. We remember when we graduated college. You remember when you got married. You remember your first house. You remember your first job. You remember when a loved one who was closest to you died. You remember the birth of a child. They are mile posts significant incidences, situations, circumstances that come in your life that you mark your life by those events. My first memory as a child was the death of President John Kennedy. I did not understand what was going on. The reason I remember it is because it was a Saturday morning. He died on a Friday. He was assassinated on a Friday. My grandmother was watching as the world turns, I understand, and the bulletin came that the president had been killed. I did not hear that, but I remember it because it was Saturday morning, and I saw on television, the black and white television, the planes uh, flying into Washington, D.C., and what sticks out in my mind was Mighty Mouse would come on every Saturday morning. You've got to be over 60 to remember Mighty Mouse. And Mighty Mouse was not on, and I kept crying because it wouldn't come on, and my mother whipped me because I wouldn't be quiet. And I associated John Kennedy's death with a whipping I got because I couldn't watch Mighty Mouse. If you were alive, you remember when Martin Luther King was assassinated. Those events are mileposts, significant mileposts in our lives. Anything that has happened that has been striking, anything that has been momentous. It's a milepost in your life, like that phone ringing while I'm trying to preach right now. It's a milepost that's, that's <laughs> distracting me, but I'm going to get back to what I'm trying to talk about. In chapter 24, Joshua delivers a State of the Union address in which he calls them to a significant moment of renewed dedication in the life of their shared history and as a direction for their future. But before I delve into a homiletical unfolding and an exegetical presentation of this passage, there is an Old Testament paradigm that is paralleled in the New Testament which needs to be noted in the text. Don't look at it now, but in verse number 1, Joshua calls the people of God to the valley of Shechem, 
judges, the leaders, the scribes, the elders. He calls the entire congregation of Israel to the valley of Shechem to hear him say his farewell address. But they presented themselves not before Joshua, but before God. By implication, we come to Lily Grove or whatever church you attend or YouTube or Facebook or on our tablets or on our television or here in person on Sunday morning, not merely to hear a man speak, but to present ourselves before God. And if you came here this morning just to hear a man speak, you miss what worship is all about. Because worship is not about a choir in the choir loft. It's not about ushers at the door. It's not about deacons in their places. It's not about a preacher in the pulpit. It's about a holy God who allows a sinful man to come into his presence. And since God let us come into his presence, we ought to open our mouths with thanksgiving. We ought to clap our hands in song. We ought to give God the glory because we are not here to hear a man. What did you come to this service for? We are a corporate entity who comes not before man, but before God himself. And so when you come in to worship, you ought to humble yourself. I wish I had a witness here. You ought to check your ego at the door. Leave your education in the car. Because all of us here this morning are on the same level. We need mercy. We need grace to help us in the time of need. Um, just as Moses delivered his valedictory address on the plains of Moab, Joshua's farewell is in a place called Shechem. The very name Shechem pulsates with Old Testament significance because the residue from Israel's past is smeared on every crag and every crevice. Joshua took Israel back to their roots, physically as well as historically, in a powerful object lesson to reinforce their ties to generations past and to remind them of all that God had done. Shechem is the place where Abraham built an altar after receiving God's promise. Shechem is a place where Jacob built an altar after his long-sought reconciliation and reunion with his brother Esau. It was in Shechem that they carried Joseph's bones from Egypt and buried him outside Shechem. That's where Sarah is buried, Rebecca and Rachel. In Shechem, within the boundaries of the land God promised Abraham in Genesis 
at chapter 12. The great nation of God had, the, the great nation that God had promised Abraham now gathers to meet him at the very place in the land that he first made the promise. It took a long time for them to get there, but God always keeps his promises. They went to Egypt as honored and privileged guests of Egypt's pharaoh. But they wound up 400 years in Egyptian slavery. It has taken them 40 years to get out of Egypt into the promised land. And it's almost 500 years now since God made the promise. But every promise in God is yes and the amen. It may take a while, but God will keep his word. And I think the reason it takes a while is because God wants to build some faith in you. God wants to build some endurance in you. Because if you got everything you wanted right when you prayed for it, your faith would be weak. But God keeps you praying. God keeps you coming back week in and week out, day in and day out, year in and year out to get you to know that he may not come when you want it. I wish I had a witness here. I wish I had somebody here who waited on the Lord and the Lord answered your prayer. You waited for God to open a door and just when you least expected it, God made a way out of no way. That supervisor thought that they were going to get rid of you, but God got rid of them. God will make your enemies your footstool. If you wait on God, he'll fight your battles. They that wait... I wish I had a Bible reader. Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings like eagles. Run and not get weary. Walk and not faint. Uh, hear me, brothers and sisters. Just as the Lord issued a call through Joshua for his people to make up their minds whom they would serve. God issues the same call to his people at Lily Grove this morning. The service of God must be born of something more than a Sunday morning itch. A Sunday morning impulse. Serving God has got to be more than what you've grown accustomed to on Sunday morning. Because you do, you do know that Lily Grove is the place where the church gathers, but it's not the church. It's the building where the church assembles, but church is when you get on your job tomorrow and live out what you heard me preach this morning. Our brothers and sisters, it's not born out of impulse. It must be the result of a deliberate choice. It must be a determined choice. A purposeful choice. Choice enters into the very nature of true and sincere religion so that 
None of us serve the Lord cheerfully whose heart is not in itself given to God willingly. In other words, if you're not going to put your heart in it, don't put your hands on it. If you're here because somebody else is here, you're here for the wrong reason. And I might add, brothers and sisters, that the act of choice, choice is divine in its object. Choice is rational in its character. Choice is decisive in its nature and practical in its operation. The difficulty of choosing will increase. Listen, the difficulty of choosing will increase in proportion to your neglecting to make a choice. The longer you put it off, the longer you will put it off. If you do not embrace the existing opportunity, another opportunity may never be offered. If you don't accept the Lord today, Tomorrow could be everlasting too late. Choose you this day. Listen, means you cannot serve God by proxy. Everybody has got to come to God for himself. And to choose means you cannot get to heaven on your mother's God. You got to know God for yourself. Choose means you have to make a rational, deliberate, volitional choice. I have decided to follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me, though no one joined me, still I will follow because I made up my mind that I'm going with Jesus. To see what the end is going to be. Many people laugh at us because we come to church. Many people think something's wrong with us because we come to the same spot every week to hear the same man say the same thing for the last 32 years. He died. Didn't he die? You've been hearing me say that forever. But that blood will never lose its power. The goodness and the love and the grace of God is still extended to whosoever will. Let him come and drink from the fountain of life freely. Now, brothers and sisters, as I hurry, you have one of three choices. You can be either complicit, you can be complacent, or you can be courageous. To be complicit. This, this matter of them serving the gods on the other side of the flood. That's, that's complicit acquiescence. Uh, allowing your freedom to be ensconced in somebody else's idea. Because com to be complicit means to go along to get along. I, I don't agree with it, 
but I'm going to let you buy. I, I don't think that's right, but I won't say anything. That's complicit. That, that's like people who say, I don't argue politics, and, and I don't argue religion. I don't argue about the Bible, probably because you don't know the Bible. But, 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 but people who know the Bible don't mind stating what it is that they know that the Bible said. I wish I had somebody to help me here. Uh, you know, people will say, you know, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Sweet thought, but it's not in the Bible. And, and if you know the Bible, you know that that's not in the Bible. People will say, the Bible says God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. St. Francis of Assisi said that. Great saying, but it's not in the Bible. Listen, brothers and sisters, to, to, to be complicit means to know what's wrong and go along with it. See how quiet you got right there? Because we don't want to lose anybody's friendship. But friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. And if God is right, then everybody else must be wrong. Joshua said, you can serve the gods that your fathers worshipped on the other side of the river. You can make those gods, listen, your idols. Now you might be saying to yourself this morning, Pastor, I am not an idolater. I do not believe in idolatry. But listen, idolatry is not having a little statue of God on your dashboard or a statue of God in your yard. That's iconography. But idolatry is not so much uh, worshiping a false god as it is worshiping the true God falsely. Let me run that by you one more time. Idolatry is not primarily worshiping a false god. It's worshiping the true God falsely. You can be in here this morning and you've made your marriage your idol. You've made your wife or your husband or your children or your grandchildren your idol and God can't get in because you've put them before God. Somebody ought to help me preach it. Or you've made your job an idol. You're so caught up in where you work that you think that what you do makes you who you are. And so you are so interested in status and power and promotion and achievement that all your hours are spent on that job. And if you're not on the job, you're thinking of how you can do a better job to impress those white people on the job. And your job tomorrow morning depends on how a white person feels about you. But if you work on that job as unto the Lord... It doesn't matter what they think about you. God will keep you on your job. And then they're trying to give you hell on your job, but God will keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on Him. Or 
Have you really trusted God with your money? Because your house, your money could become your idol. And you say, Reverend, I don't worship money. Money's not my idol. If you don't tithe, if you're not a giver, if you don't trust God with 10%, money has become your idol. No, no, raise your head up and look at me. And, and, and let me see if I can help you this morning. Here's how good God is. When you trust God with the tenth, that's what the word tithe means. When you trust God with the tenth, God owns it all. He lets you manage it. He, he lets you steward over all of his possessions. But God says, bring me the tenth, watch this, and you live off the 90%, and if you bring me the tenth, I will let you enjoy the 90%, 10% more. And when you enjoy the 90%, 10% more, you haven't given anything. Because it all belongs to him in the first place. If you give, it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure you send it out, it will be measured unto you again. And the only folk who can't shout right now is folk who don't tithe. But there are some of us in here today who know you can't beat God giving. No matter how you try, the more you give, the more he gives to you. And listen, don't let anybody make you be ashamed because God is blessing you. Talk back to me if you can. You don't want to drive your good car to work because you don't want your co-workers to be talking to Hell on your co-workers. God's been good to you. I wish I had somebody who could help me preach right here. You dressing down because you don't want to make nobody... Dress up! Because there was a time when you could not dress up. But God has opened doors for you. God has provided a way for you. And don't let the devil or his emissaries make you feel bad because God is blessing you. Put your career in God's hand. Put your future in God's hand. Because when you leave com being complicit on the other side of the flood, you come to the land of the gods in whose land you dwell and leave being complicit to being complacent. And complacent means that's good enough. Complacent means I'm going to do this and no more. Complacency means God has blessed me, but I'm going to stay right here. And so you never move forward in your faith. You never move forward in your prayer life. You never move forward in your devotion to the things of God. 
Because in your mind, that's good enough. But whatever you do for God will never be good enough. That's why you ought to keep on striving. You ought to keep on pushing. Paul says, I press. I wish I had a Bible reader. That word press means I strain. I, I put every ounce of energy that I have. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Not that I've already attained. But I forget what's behind me. And reach forth unto those things that are before me. When, you, when, you, when, you, when you're complacent. You, you, you don't ever get out of your mama's house. A man will never become a man until he emotionally detaches from his mother. Honey, listen to me. Don't marry no mama's boy. Because he's going to compare everything you do to his mama. And your first response should be to him, go back to your mama's house. <laughs> Complacency will have you, with, with all the skills, with all the mind, with all that God has blessed you with, you won't move forward because you are satisfied with that'll do. No, no, I want, I, I want all that God has for me. I want all the blessings that God wants me to have. I want all the good that God wants to send my way. If you don't want it, give me your stuff that God has given you. I want God to open doors for me. I want God to enlarge my territory. I want God to make everything I put my hands on successful. I want God to bless every endeavor I get myself involved in because I'm doing it for the glory of God. Don't park here. Don't, don't settle right here. No, 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 no. You ought to want more. You ought to want more. You ought to want more than that little car with three hubcaps missing. You, you ought to want more. You, you ought to want more than, than that little rickety house that you're living in. You can do better than that, but you've just settled for less than God's best. Because you've gotten complacent. You've sat down right there. You did just like Israel in Psalm 137. They said, by the rivers of Babylon. I need two or three more Bible readings. There we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Here's the mistake they made. We hanged our hearts. Upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. But because they'd already hung their harps, they said to themselves, How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? 
And you might feel like I feel sometimes that I'm in a strange land, but I still sing praises to God. I still give God glory in the midst of the mess that's going on in Houston. All the stuff that's going on outside my house does not come inside my dwelling because the Lord is keeping me. Um, there was a, a rumbling outside our house a number of weeks ago. And uh, I act like I, I, I didn't wake up. I was up, but I was trying to act like I was sleeping because I heard that noise. And uh, Amelia said, did you hear that noise? I said, what noise? She said, I know you heard that out there. I said, go see. Here's what I'm getting at. If it ain't in my house, it ain't none of my business. Because I know somebody who's got angels all around me while I sleep at night protecting me and sheltering me because he is able to do exceeding, abundantly, I wish I had somebody to help me, above all that we can ask or think, I've got my hands in God's hands, and the devil in hell can't snatch him out. I'm through. But Joshua moves them from being complicit with the gods on the other side of the flood and complacent with the gods in whose land they're, dwe they're dwelling in. And Joshua said, now, you need to make up your mind today. You need to make a choice. The choice is yours. You need to choose today who you're going to serve. If you're going to serve the gods on the other side of the floods, that your, grand, that your grandmother and grandfather served, that's your choice. If you're going to serve the gods in whose land you dwell, the gods of the Amorites and the Canaanites, that's your choice. But here is my determination. I've made my choice. As for me, and whoever lives in this house, I think I ought to take a minute right there. Because parents, you're giving your children too many options. There's some father here today and your children are at home. There's some mother here today whose children are at home because you say they tired from football practice. They had a hard week at cheerleader camp. You're giving them too many options. Uh, they ought to be able to choose 
between McDonald's and Burger King. But that's about the only option they ought to have. They, they, they ought to choose between a Coke and a Sprite. That's about the only option they ought to have. They ought to choose if they're going to get their stuff from Walmart or Target. That's about the only option they ought to have. They ought to choose if they are going to watch the Flintstones. Well, that's, that's, that's not what children watch no more, but... If they're going to watch cartoons or if they're going to watch the iPad. That's the only choice. And then you decide when they turn it off. You're giving them too many options. When I was a boy growing up, and many of you can help me testify, we ain't had no options. If it was Sunday morning, we were on our way to church. I wish I had some noise right here. You didn't come in the house and throw your books on the table and look in the pot to see what your mama cooked. If she cooked it, we ate it, and we thank God for it. I wish I had some help to close here. We didn't have any options. We had some school clothes. And when you came from school, take my school clothes off some play clothes and our church clothes. Somebody ought to help me preach here. We didn't wear them good church shoes to school. We had to wait till Sunday morning to put that on because those were our church shoes. We given each other too many options. And that's why they stand in your face and tell you what they're not going to do and, and, and where they're not going to go. And before long, they're going to cuss you out. But my mama and daddy made the rules in our house. I wish I had somebody who was raised like I was raised. They got us up on Sunday morning and brought us up to God's house. I didn't like it every week because we had to be there for Sunday school. We had to be there for 11 o'clock church. And then we had to be there for BYPU. Y'all call it BTU here in Texas. But down where I'm from, it was BYPU. And then we had to get there for 6 o'clock service. Stay in church all day on Sunday. I didn't like it back then. But I thank God this morning that somebody made me get up on Sunday morning and make my way to the house of God. I am a Christian this morning. Because somebody prayed for me. I am a preacher this morning. Because somebody made me hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Joshua said, y'all can do what y'all want at y'all house. But everybody in this house, we will serve the Lord. And I wish I had somebody this morning who can still run your house who can still tell everybody what to do at your house. If the Lord gets you up, we're going to church on Sunday morning. I wish I had one or two more witnesses here. I'm through now, brothers and sisters, but Joshua threw down the gauntlet and said, here is how this thing is going to run. 
There's some more Joshua's in the scripture who threw down the gauntlet. David threw down the gauntlet in the valley of Elah. When there was a giant who was nine feet, nine inches tall, 450 pounds, by the name of Goliath, who was cussing out the God of Israel. David came out there one day and said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to curse the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Goliath said, Am I a dog? that you send this little boy out here to fight me. He said, David, I'm going to take your little body, break it in half, throw it in the air, and let the birds feed on you. I wish I had a Bible reader. David said, you cursing the God of our fathers. But what I'm going to do to you, Mr. Goliath, is cut your head off your body, hold it up in the air, And everybody will know that there's a God in Israel. David took five stones, and with one stone, he killed the giant Goliath. He threw down the gauntlet, and everybody knew that God was God. Three Hebrew boys threw down the gauntlet. They said, oh, king, we're not careful to answer you in this matter because the God we serve is able and he will deliver us out of your hands but if not we are not going to bow the king heated the fire seven times hotter than normal through Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace sit back down on his throne thought that they had been incinerated and then the king got up and looked in the fire and said didn't we throw three men bound in the fire they said yes O king he said I see four now and they're loose walking around in the fire because when you throw down the gauntlet God will show up Daniel threw down the gauntlet and prayed three times a day and the king had him thrown in a lion's den but here's how strange God is he threw Daniel in the lion's den the king stayed up all night long and Daniel slept all night long and when the king got down there the next morning He said, oh, Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you? Daniel said, oh, King, last night while I slept, God kept me. Somebody here this morning ought to help me testify. All night, all day. All night, all day, God will take care of you. But I don't want to talk about Daniel. I don't want to talk about David. I don't want to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, nor Abednego. 
I don't want to talk about Joshua, Moses, or David. That's somebody else who threw down the gauntlet one Friday on a hill called Calvary. He decided he would die, not for his sins, but for my sins. He died, didn't he die? Satan thought it was all over. The scribes thought it was all over. The Pharisees thought it was all over. His disciples thought it was all over. But early Sunday morning, early just before day, he got up. God will get in your life if you make up your mind to follow Jesus. I need somebody who's not complicit this morning. I need somebody who's not complacent this morning. I need somebody who got some courage this morning who will tell your neighbor, go where you want to go. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Laugh at me just as much as you please. Talk about me just as much as you please. But the more you talk, I'm going to stay on my knees and watch God make a way. Watch God pick you up. Watch God pay your bills. Watch God destroy your enemies. Watch God put food on your table. Watch God dry your tears. Watch God be a father for you. Watch God be a protector for you. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? See, yeah, 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 yeah. I know he's all Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Somebody in here might have walked in here with your head bowed down. Lift up your head. O.E. gates, be lifted up. The everlasting door and the king of glory. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in the battle. Won't he fix it? Won't he turn it around? Tell him thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know he's all right.
trying for myself. I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing. They were trying to conquer my soul. But I heard, I said I heard the voice of Jesus bidding me still fight on. He promised, he promised never to leave me. Why don't you look at somebody? Why don't you tell somebody? He promised, he promised. Why don't you tell the other person? He will turn it around. He will make it all right. He will. I know he's all right. Can you help me? 